Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Hey, hello! Yay! You pushing all the buttons ever. She was over <laughs> trying everything all right, at the thank same God for time. Thank God for Kimmy. All right. Transfer to auxiliary power. <laughs> I've given her all she's got. <laughs> all you the things. Words. Oh, hi. This is the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Um, and this is episode 22. Six. Yes, it's very exciting. Yes, very exciting. Yes, and my name is Kimmy. My name is Gina. I'm Kadeem. I'm Sistork. Sistork. (laughs) And Sue's not with us today, um, but we will soldier on. We will be muddle on. Exactly. It'll be fabulous. Yeah. The weather here in Southern California has gone up between two days, twenty-five to thirty degrees. Yes. It, It went from like I don't know. Mid to upper seventies to one hundred and eighteen today. Well, I'm not kidding. It's like Chronicles of Riddick out there. You said it was one hundred and eighteen in your yep. house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We yeah. finally joined the rest of the country, who's been having heat waves on and off for like two months, though. So, <laughs> so, so I think the weather change, yeah. coupled with the bad air, has knocked Stu out because I'm not feeling very good either. Yeah. Now, before we start, oh yeah, oh, these were mind. bought. What are they? They're Mickey's Big Mouth. Mm-hmm. Now, Stu and I, and we may have talked about them on the podcast here. This is what we used to use back, the back in the day to get ourselves, like, when you could find a guy that would buy you beer, you would want the most powerful beer you could get. Mickey's Big Mouth. It is terrible. It's a malt liquor, and I'm going to sip this the entire episode, because if you pound it, it there's no getting there's no getting up out of that. I'll, 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 yeah. As I, I said, when I you said this. you found them, I'm like, where, a dumpster? Yeah. Or, because... You can still find them at any corner liquor store. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely not a beverage that you'll find at your finer establishments. That's all the things. I'm trying to remember if it's going to taste as bad I as I remember. I'll see you in a yeah. week. Anyway, all right. Uh, in this episode, uh, we discussed Mr. CJ's post on the forum about eschewing shades of gray. Jeb sent us and sent us a note about Fear the Con, a new book and an observation. Blake from Australia sends some comments and, an ep- and on episodic games and new players. And Eric from New Jersey sends us some info for the LARP curious. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We are on the social medias, and I actually know what they are, so I'm better at introducing them than, <laughs> than Stu is. We are Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. We are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebooks. We have a Facebook community and a Facebook fan page. Um, we have a Discord. Mm-hmm. We have all the things. So, and... Yeah, as always, uh, you can find us on our forum, too. So if you go to happyjacks.org, you can find the Discord and the forum under the Community tab. And you can watch us live at happyjacks.org slash live. Um, you can watch our APs and this show right now. Yeah. Um, YouTube is uh, having a fight with us. We might break up. Not really. We're not really going <laughs> to break up with YouTube. But um, it's so you would not be able to watch the live stream on YouTube for a couple days, probably. So... If you're watching this, you're at happyjacks.org slash live, or you're on Twitter. Or Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. So thank you. All right. I did it. I did the thing, guys. You did, did the thing. Awesome. All of us, yay. Yeah, yeah. Good job. 
throttles through that too. She, I, I appreciate. She like yeah. memorized all this yeah. stuff. I usually just I, I can't remember any of them, so I just Google Happy Jacks, <laughs> and then once I get past the Bogger video, we're like second. Yeah, there. there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so our featured email and topic this week. Um, there was a glancing discussion that's touched on this last week. Uh, the idea that pirates actually boarded boats and took people's stuff. Stu mentioned that Blackbeard only was in two battles. Probably true enough. Blackbeard was a successful pirate and probably successful because he avoided having to fire a shot. Yet pirates were feared. Why was that? Maybe because Henry Morgan, uh, on the other hand, had a history of running around the Caribbean and beyond, uh, and beyond basically murdering people on sea and land. I feel like they switched that just to annoy me. Like, it should be land and sea. <laughs> but that's fine, it's fine. Um, only in America. Only one if by land. One if by land, too. But that's right, that's a god goodness. Which is totally a bad, in, inaccurate story anyway. It really bothers me, too. Mm-hmm. So if Henry Morgan yes. was coming for you, you just had to hold up three lanterns. There you go. Because he'd kill you either way. Either way. <laughs> uh, as a group of privateers who uh, later carried the uh, uh, a letter of Mark, he was hired specifically to attack and destroy Spanish shipping, something he and others did with ruthless efficiency. Transitioning, it, it, it is fine in the game world where everything is different shades of gray. For me, if Lago is just a misunderstood soldier who is treated badly as a child... Oh, Iago. Oh, Iago. Iago. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, an, it's a capital I, not an L. Um, who is basically treated badly as a child, uh, that story could be richer. But really, it is flat, flabbier because Iago is just an evil bastard. We can't... Uh, we can go to the wicked as well so many times before the grayness is tiresome two people can watch Jim Carrey as the Grinch and come away with different feelings about that character one person hates that movie and the other person (laughs) is a moron (laughs) thank you thank you no save your steaming bowl of duck poop and give me the way more classy Chuck Jones and Boris Karloff and it's compact story of redemption Uh, does this thing have a point yes slash maybe here it is (laughs) Playing in areas of grayness is great, but to maintain dramatic tension, it helps to have guideposts uh, and certainty and contrast. Example, goblins are evil and should be attacked on sight. Why? Because they will murder you and eat your baby. Then, in the game, they really do. To them, that may not be evil, but if you are against murder and baby eating, then you bet it is. Down the road, you will find a <laughs> goblin who is a little less into murder and baby eating, and that gray is the and is the interesting contrast as opposed to the bland landscape. And that is my nonsensical non nonsensical thought. Read more, and that is uh, there's a link on the forums that I will hopefully have Stu put in the show notes. So, yeah, how do you, you how do you play that moral gray that moral between the two poles? How do you play that gray area? And, and how do you make that interesting? Because you can just be non-committal, right? Right, and you can sort of play true neutral and just be a dick. Yeah. But how do you actually make that that gray area interesting and and dramatic enough for the people? You know, it's true. I mean, I, I remember one of the first games you first ran, literally had goblins that weren't necessarily evil. Wasn't that yours? Uh, they were ghosts. Okay. And you want to sum it up? I know we talk about it occasionally, but you, you can sum it up. But it has it has a it, it ties in with this. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, they were like an island, and uh, the party came up on like this cave that was full of like shades and different ghosts. Not shade, like oh, I'm at the beach, I'm sitting in the shade, but like ghosts and things like that. Um, and then so they started fighting with them, and then they realized like all of the all of the specters had like broken legs, like they weren't moving correctly. 
So they realized, like, partway through the fight that these people had all been sacrificed into this cave for a monster. And they, they're, like, their spirits were trapped there because of the way, their violent way they died. So then they're like, oh, these aren't the bad guys. Hmm. So you're playing off the player's expectations right. of what is a ghost to the reality, which is always more complicated than it's yeah. a ghost, kill it. Yeah, and that's and that can be very very fun, and that's a gr- that is a way to pull that off. Yeah, but is, is it that fun the if only the way? and is it fun if the GM does it all the time? Mm, right, because that's the Nothing's thing. Nothing's fun if you do it all the time. Right. Well, yeah. I think it ever. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a limit for no. everything. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So yeah, I think I mean that was a cool example because there had been. Also in that game, there I mean, it was my first game, so there's lots of fucking mistakes. But there had also been some very clear good people, bad things. Like So that was like kind of their first introduction to, like, this is, like, gray. Like, maybe they're fighting you and they're ghosts, but maybe they're not bad. Like, maybe you'd be pissed if someone threw you in a hole and died, killed you, too. Right. Like, So I don't know. So h- how do you guys feel as players when you get into those situations? I... Okay, I seek them out actually. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the guy that would like to rather talk to the cobalt rather than just killing it because it's a cobalt. Right. I'm like, why is it you're here? Why are you invading this village? Why is it? You but that's not always what people want to do, you know. But is why that, are you talking about experience points? But I don't know about that. I mean, that doesn't necessarily create the gray area. If the GM goes with it, maybe it does. True. But there's also like you walk up to the cold book, hey, how are you feeling today? Why are you looking so angry in this? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it'll be calm, right? Right. Or whatever it is. So, like, if if you're expecting that black and white situation and then it ends up turning into shades of gray, I mean, this is a, kind of a biased table to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Right. But have there ever been situations where you guys have been in that and felt frustrated or annoyed by a situation like that? I don't know that I've ever been annoyed by a situ- situation like this, uh, that. I'm still kind of trying to figure out, I think, what the person who wrote the forum post was saying. So mm-hmm. help me with this, first of all. Is saying in order to have shades of gray have impact or meaning, you need to initially have, like, black and white. Like, there are black and white expectations either because they're expectations that your player has on you know uh, fantasy tropes or within your world right yes and that then the shades of gray will have more meaning but that playing with shades of gray initially is not as impact impactful is that what we're kind of yeah it's kind of like in music competitions right Uh like one of the categories people judge on go with this yeah one of the categories people judge on is dynamic (laughs) range Mm -hmm. right so if and dynamic contrast. So, like, if your band is really good at playing super loud, brash Sousa marches, awesome. Yeah. You're good at that. But if you don't tone it down and play something soft when you're going past the judges, you're going to get fucked on your score. You need to show that you can do both things mm-hmm. to create a balanced sound and environment. And yeah. it goes the same with GMing. Yeah. yeah. Like, if... You're constantly throwing things out there that are moral quandaries for your characters. Yes. Every choice they get has to be like, oh, oh, do I buy that bread? She's really (laughs) hungry and so is her kids, but I promised this other guy that I would buy stew from him and I don't have any money for both. Like, you don't need to punish your players with that shit. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a great moral debate on every little choice they make. Mm -hmm. You have to give them, sometimes there just has to be a bad guy. Yeah. Right. And I. As a player, I think I'd be frustrated if every time we got to uh, some sort of a 
big fight that we'd all been preparing for, and then we'd get there and find out, oh, well, this guy's mind-controlled again by somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't blame him. He's just a normal wizard. And that's what I kind of thought they were getting to, that that the Shades of Grey has more resonance and has more dramatic tension when there has been, like, the, the status quo of... Uh, I think they use the word guide guideposts mm-hmm. and and uh, cer- certainty. Yeah. So if there is an assumption that you can generally make, and that then there is a shade of gray thrown in there, that it has much more dramatic tension than if, like what Dave is saying, that everything is shades of gray. Yeah. Right. I don't. Th- I don't know if I agree that it matters. And I think you and I are just reading it differently. Mm-hmm. Like the, the order that goes in. Like, no. I think you can have, like, a, a gray situation and then have black and white bad guys. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just think, like we were saying earlier, like, there's that variety. Like, you can't have always black and white. Yeah. I mean, you can, but I don't think that's fun, <laughs> you know? Or And you can't have Sage of Grey all the time because that also becomes... Yeah. You start yeah. getting very anxious players who, like, just super stressed about everything. everything. Oh, my God. Movie. Can't we just have a win? I went in to get a beer at this one tavern... And the other tavern burnt down. I can't drink beer anymore because I'm got PTSD about drinking. Like, yeah. you got to chill. Like, yeah. give players something that they can focus on. Sometimes, and, it, yeah. and it's true. I mean, what he mm-hmm. says about about uh, Henry Morgan going out and, and setting a really bad example right. makes Blackbeard seem good by comparison. And that's and that is true when you have when you have somebody who's do, on on both extremes setting those bars mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. Is yeah. you know, and again, it's a shifting goalpost too. But it, it's it's very bothersome too when things are just black and white. When all when the goblins are always bad guys, that's boring. Yeah, if, it, mm-hmm. if you expect them to attack yeah. your town and eat your babies, that's all. That's boring. It's also boring if every time you meet a goblin, there are individual people with tribes and they and they just want to get <laughs> along. That every time, yeah. yeah. So there does need to be that mixture be, in order to play against you know and and, and to keep people up. But uh, you know, over a long campaign, they're going to be like. Well, if they're not attacking, let's go out and parley, you know. And then, you know, then wh- where does that leave? It can be all of this stuff can be a trap. The the, the trick is to to keep it going and to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think good storytelling is about shaking up the expectations, putting stuff in it, and shaking it up. And you really never know well, what's going to be one, but there's certain tropes that happen. There's yeah, always and I, that's why I guess I was saying because I think that's what he was getting at is that you know this whole last paragraph was talking about you know if you if you have sort of the thing that's the status quo or the expectation and then you throw things in there that are more unlikely or that they're uh they're not that you can't draw the same conclusion from that it will have more impact than if you're just like what you guys said it's always like well i don't know is he a good guy is he a bad guy everybody we meet is you know, yeah. like and and I think because there was something I I read the post and uh, and now I it's like I should bring it up, but it was something like it, it is there is it it was something about is it bad having like a villain just be a villain, like yeah, having something be actually bad and not having it have to have a whole story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think and I think the the thing that really kind of clues in it talks about the. Maintaining dramatic tension, uh-huh. and I think that that's really important because you. I, I think there are different levels. Like if if everything is gray, then there's dramatic tension all the time, so much that it becomes burdensome and unfun, and like suddenly they're faced with a moral question: Are we doing the right thing for every little thing? 
and that's no fun. And yeah. then eventually people become you know, like inoculated to the, the the tension, and they're like, uh, we don't care anymore. Just begin to expect. Yeah, yeah. Now and it's then apathy, not right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh huh. And so I think you need to have kind of that that peaks and valleys of dramatic tension, super clear bad guy who guys can defeat uh-huh. or die defeating, whatever. Um, you know, so that it keeps it. You know, it keeps them on their toes. Like keep that, keep the ground yeah. shifting under them constantly, so that they are constantly having to adapt. It's cool to have a goblin tribe outside your village that yeah. are horrible baby eaters. Yeah, and then maybe at some point down the road, this lone goblin wanders into town and says that he's become a vegetarian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like that's cool. Yeah, it's also it's cool to have a neutral goblin tribe outside outside of your village, except there's factions in between, like maybe like the Navi from from. Um, the Avatar. Avatar. Avatar, thank yeah. you. I mean, my brain's not working today. It's a long day. It's all right. Uh, like the Navi, from, where there's there's a fighting going on, and so even though they're fairly neutral, there's factions inside going, no, not we're going to. So yeah, at yeah. some point, the goblins might attack, and the people are like, well, what's going on? Well, that's an interesting thing, because you're still playing within that gray moral zone, mm-hmm. and, but you have, still have a, a clear bad guy, maybe, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that they can now react to. Well, and having a clear bad guy doesn't mean... They are like shallow and one-dimensional, right? Like you can have a really yeah. interesting, really in-depth bad guy who's just clearly fucking evil. Like, like, like that can be something that you can flush out. It doesn't necessarily have to be like this is Mister Evil. He's evil because evil is evil. Like that's yeah, no yeah. fun. Doctor Evil. Evil. Yeah. I didn't just spend a lot of time, many many <laughs> years in evil doctor school. Yeah, exactly. Um, but even he, like, well, we I learned that he likes he time. likes sharks and lasers. Like we learned a lot about his backstory. Lasers. Laser beans, yes. So and we know he was insecure enough that he had to have a cohort right. around him all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And he likes his yeah. cat a lot. Um, so, Mr. Bickles. Yeah, you can definitely have evil characters that you flush out with lasers and cats. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent a thing that can happen. Gold teaser. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the next plan next time I'm in a spy game. <laughs> Send mm. cats into an air vent and shoot them with lasers. Oh! Oh, oh my god, you're horrible. Lasers. And then they'll be on fire and they'll set the bad guy's base on fire and he'll have to come running out and where we can arrest him. You're not a big cat fan, are you? No, no I, I was flushing out the bad guy oh, with cats exactly. and lasers. <laughs> but I do think, and that's why I, I did, I was able to bring it up, uh, the post. It was let, let there be evil in the world. So I think mm-hmm. he was just advocating for let there be that dichotomy so that when you have that gray... Yeah. But you know what else is fun? And Kimmy, you said something that made me think about this is that when that shade of gray comes up, because you've introduced... Like, the expectation is pirates are going to kill you and they're going to rape and pillage and blah, blah, blah. But that's not necessarily always true. Right. Um, but that the person who just black and white says, I don't care what you're saying... You know, a teach is just as bad as everybody else, mm-hmm. and it's black and white for me. Even though other people, other characters, can maybe see nuanced shades of yeah. But wait a second, right? You know, those goblins just told us that was Stu's game. I think the goblin one, yeah. where they were like, "Hey, they told us if we didn't do this thing, they were killing all our women and kids." Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So then you can still have a character that's like, "I don't care, you're a fucking goblin." Slash. Yeah. Or you can have, you know, three other characters at the table with varying degrees of... That are then horrified by your Wait character's choices. Wait a second. Choices, right? yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. What do we do here? Things is like the absolute yeah. worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think, I think every good story really needs to be more complicated than just black and white. I mean, 
Yeah. Even Darth Vader, though he dresses in black and breathes heavy and chokes people out, is is a complicated person. I, I know. Guess. Take off his helmet, right. and all of a sudden yeah. he's like so, a nice dad dude. Yeah, that <laughs> my my son. The only thing he knew about Darth Vader was a he got a cool Darth Vader plushie toy from a friend <laughs> when he, like a friend of ours that gave it to him when he was like two. And B, Darth Vader was the guy that showed up to help train little kids to be Jedi at Disneyland. <gasps> yeah. Oh. But they fight him. They fight him, but it's a training yeah, thing. Yeah, so he's like get, sensei. Okay. And he didn't ever got that Darth Vader was a villain at all. And then when I sat him down and we both watched the first Star Wars film, like, we got to the end of the movie and he was just in oh. tears. Like, he was just... Completely shattered, and you're like, you're like, what? what? And I was like, what? POV was was Darth Vader wasn't a bad guy, and then he literally looked at me, tears running down his cheeks, and he goes, Darth Vader's a bad guy, (laughs) and I was like, yeah, buddy. And then we had this whole conversation about people make bad choices, but sometimes they can make good choices, and teachable moment. But yeah, man, I was I was rocked because I was like. How do you see him as anything but a bad guy? He He's the, one of the best bad guys in cinematic history. Oh, oh no, the baddies. Like, We've got <laughs> skulls on <the> uniforms. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that, I think it's uh, a bit of. It's not a bit of Fry Laurie. It's a. Uh, it's um. And it's not Little Britain, but it's the no. same actors. Check it out. But it's Are yeah. We the Baddies? You can call it, call it up. It's it's two Nazis questioning their place in the Nazi regime when they look at their uniforms and realize there's skulls on them, uh, 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 and they question, Are we the baddies? And and yes, you're the motherfucking yeah, baddies, right? Yes. I, that, that's a good point, though. It's I mean, well, it's 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 just web. There are so yeah. many. Okay, there are so many examples of this. But I was just watching a documentary on Station X, which is uh, the the place in in Great Britain where they broke the Enigma machine. So mm. they had different oh, huts yeah. that worked on different parts of that code. Bletchley but Park. they yeah. yeah, at Bletchley Park, mm-hmm. um, in that mansion, and then they had. A bunch of other places where they worked on the different codes for the different parts of the armed forces, but they had interviews because I think this was in the '90s, so probably less people alive now. But then uh, they had interviews with some of the guys who were in the Nazi army, mm-hmm. and it's just for us, like in the 2000s, mm-hmm. like I'm just like, holy shit, that guy's a Nazi! Like he's totally talking about shit. Yeah. Like, and it's. Freaky to me because, like you said, it's like there are people in that army that were like, yeah, it's point of view. They're not saying any, yeah. There's people, these people everywhere, doing things that, yeah. Well, I think going back to your Star Wars example, Stork makes it simpler. Well, yeah, which is better than (laughs) simpler. Um, Like there was ultimate evil there. Like yes, Darth Vader was not ultimate evil. He ended up Mm -hmm. having a good side, but the Emperor didn't. So even in that story, I mean, I think that's kind of the best, and that's generally the template I use, is, like, there are lesser baddies that are, like, that gray zone, and then there's usually, like, the big bad, or the boss, that's, like, like, that, they are ultimately evil. Like, regardless, like, it's political motivation, they want to get rich, Mm -hmm. there's something super selfish about their motivations, and you really can't, like... You can't. You can't really like. Oh yeah, no, he's a fine guy. He's totally good. No, no. You talk about Han Solo right there. He wanted yeah. to get rich, and he was selfish at the beginning. But that's his character. Arc. But that's his character. But the Emperor doesn't have a character arc. That's true. Like he's just like he's just the embodiment of pure evil. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because you need that at the end of the at the end of the line after all the gray 
uh, figures that were yeah, you redeemed all the way up to that. That's the guy. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's part that of it. Devil. Is all those all those characters you redeemed in those gray mm-hmm. zones help you in the end fight the real bad that's guy? Right. I mean, that's kind of like the the usual story format, mm-hmm. and it works well for games. There's a couple of games, I won't name them, but there's a couple of games where you actually can redeem some of the characters that you get, that they're, yeah. they're part of your crew, and then at the end of the big fight, they, they help you out with it. At some point, you have to sacrifice one of them, and it's a whole cool kind of kind of concept. Oh, but, yeah. But it's, it's neat, because all of these people that have moral, questionable moral values that you've turned to join your crew and show them a different part become loyal to you and help you out. Yeah. What? I'm just it's super happy new, with my alcohol. I know. Oh, all right. Yeah, to- it sounds fascinating. What is it? I, w- I was at the liquor store yeah. and I discovered that the winery where I got married down in Temecula is now making a sparkling wine with vanilla, Tahitian oh. vanilla. Yeah. Right, I'll have a little tiny yeah. bit of that. I can't have a full glass. Give me vanilla, a second Vanilla makes everything taste better. It does. It's really good. It's really my like my favorite flavor in Yeah. But. But again, I mean, if it's at, at the risk of beating a dead horse, yeah. I think that complicated storytelling, and, and that's the idea, is is it's easy to just have it simple. You know, the guy's wearing black, he's got skulls on his robe, of course he's bad. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you think otherwise? Well, he might be goth. Uh, yeah. He, he might also just like, like you had a, you Good played, point. you played a, a death worshiper character whose idea oh, was yeah. to usher people to the with, yeah. with happiness. Yeah. I'm moving you up to meet my goddess. This is a good thing. Yeah. Right? And Death it's is not a natural part of life. Absolutely. And but other like, people might Yeah, absolutely. Think. And so the skulls on the Well on then D fucking fucked her up because <laughs> I had a cool idea and then they actually wrote the book about her and I was yeah, And right, the sorry. skulls on the uh, on the outfit are just part of the fact that you are you yeah. know, m- moving them on to a better life, yeah. into the Happy Hunting Grounds or Valhalla or whatever. I mean, you should be. It, it, so it's not. So what you put on the skulls, mm-hmm. and maybe even the Maya and Aztec put on the skulls, is different than when we walk up and go, "Scott, bloody skulls on a uniform, take her out." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think what's fascinating too, though, is that no matter what you introduce, whether you think you're uh, concretely introducing baddies, or that you've got something in shades of gray, mm-hmm. uh, depending on motivation. Um, a character's point of view introduced to anything that you put in front of them might be different. You know, it's like Absolutely. somebody might see Darth Vader take his helmet <laughs> off and they're all like, oh, nice, you know, scarred up dad under there and he's try- crying and he's got, and somebody else is like, fucking Darth Vader slash, you mm-hmm. know, chop his head off. And yet someone else, like little kid me, uh-huh. super pissed because he killed the emperor. <laughs> and wrecked the whole empire thing, and they're the best. Wait. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You just like Hugo Did Boss. Did you really? hundred oh, percent. <laughs> little kid me was a thirty, like ninety nine point nine percent pro empire. Oh my god! I oh yeah. We were friends then. And oh then yeah. And then you're the surprised best. your kid loves Darth Vader. Yeah. No, I wasn't surprised by that. I was proud of that. And then when he discovered that he was a bad guy, he was like Aww. just shattered. And I was like, "Oh, you really have your mother there too. Yeah. <laughs> You're not just like me." And bringing it back to Star Wars again, even the labels are swatched. I mean, it's switched. Yeah. I mean, if you consider that the ruling class, the Empire, was being annoyed and being uh, taunted by these rebels, there were there were the rebellion. They are the bad guys, ostensibly. They're the ones right. going against. They're the, the gorilla. Ru- yeah. 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 Grassroots. Mm-hmm. So anybody insurgency. Who's, who's yeah. Part of the part of the Empire would be like, stop. Them. Them. They're yeah. messing up our, our world. Mm-hmm. So even that plays with good and bad, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We in America like to think of ourselves as rebels because that's how you know we got, mm-hmm. got America because you know we took it from the British. But we're not the British Empire, mind you. Yeah. But we're totally well, the Empire now. And, <laughs> and somebody kind of lived here too. 
before us. Ah, so well, there you go. That's, that was that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, there they were did. indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, we fought for our freedom while we imprisoned yes. other people yeah. and put them on smaller and smaller parcels of land. It's not just us, though. That's sort of <laughs> no. I know. One, I know. But one of my favorite bleh. Star Wars fan arts mm-hmm. is this picture of a stormtrooper, and he's got his helmet off, and he's drenched in sweat, and he's got he's leaning down on his knees, and he's got his gloves off. And on the back of each hand, he has tattoos, and one is the first Death Star, and one is the second Death Star, and it's like, never <laughs> forget, forget, never forget. And really? I'm just like, that's awesome! Remember that's the cool. Alamo. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. absolutely that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never, we never see that, and that's one of the things no. I, I mean, they've sort of played with that in the newer movie, like, uh, Last Jedi and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're profiteering, oh, we make money off both sides, like, things like that, that, that was a cool point, but we never get, and I don't think... I mean, we get some of it. Um, uh, Clone Wars had some some pl- times where you went to planets that were not part of um, what was then the Republic. Yeah, you know the other side. Um, and I haven't finished. Uh, I haven't finished um, Rebels. Rebels yet, so I haven't seen if they we they go there. But it would be super interesting to to see like someone who's just living on an Empire planet, just like a teacher or a mechanic or something like that. They probably think it's great, like. Or not, yeah. no different than they're just anybody else who lives there's in some sort there's of always political a structure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless they're doing the day-to-day murdering of rebels, like they they they, they may have like no idea. So it'd be a really fascinating mm-hmm. like to yeah. encourage that gray area to flip it around and have that where like the rebels that's, are the bad guys. Yeah, that's why I really did like that the, is interesting. The lead-up story to the new the second. Battlefront game yeah. that came out because it's and the second Battlefront game like the single player story I haven't ever purchased it because I never got around to it and because of the outrage those of you on the internet you know what I'm talking about <laughs> um, but the I did read the book that came out that was like a prequel to the game mm-hmm. and it was fascinating because it was written Entirely from this perspective of an Imperial Special Forces unit. Oh. And like, th- it's all them, and they're going on a mission, and they're doing stuff, and it's all perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Like, they are just soldiers trying to protect their government yeah. and stop bad guys and from doing, doing stuff. They're being told yeah. to do. And they believe in it. Right? Yeah. And, and but they don't have to believe in it. They were told to go do it. They, and so you go do it. That's and what well, you do. You're and at no point yeah. is there like a moral question about what's happening there. It's it's all it's it's stuff that's all the game happens in the aftermath of the destruction of the second Death Star and the death uh-huh. of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. So it's this special forces unit from the book that ends up going on a bunch of missions to try and deal with the fact that, oh, well, our leader has been assassinated and mm-hmm. uh, yet another trillions of credits have been flushed down the toilet because the rebels have come and blown up our new project mm-hmm. and, like, all of that stuff. Right. And Secret I'm like, Death Star's been blown up by a bunch of teenagers. I'm having a bad day. And <laughs> I, I, like, I dig that story. Like, I uh-huh. dig what having that story. You're reminding me of, like, what's, what's Stu's most unfavorite book-to-film adaptation? Well, the Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Right. If there was a straight Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. like, movie, like, that would yeah. be... That's kind of like what mm-hmm. you're talking about. It's, like, a different point of view. It's the, it's the super straight-up, like, you know, service... 
service for your mm-hmm. your you know citizenship and and it's the same kind of thing with like the Ender's Game yeah yeah, yeah. Up, right you know yeah. like that's all over brilliant that. kid yeah raised mm-hmm. to fight off this alien menace they're not really bad guys no. Yeah. But he just did what he was told and then discovered later, oh shit. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. There's other books, by the way, that flesh that out. Yeah, yeah. it's super good. Well, anyway, uh, there's. Speaker uh, for the Dead, I, I think, think is the next one. I'm smelling a dead horse. Yeah, probably. Xenocide. Yeah, there you go. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, that was good. And it's always nice to bring Star Wars into stuff. <laughs> um, right? All right, so who played games this week? I did. Yeah, Gina did. We'll just start at this end of the table and work our way down. I know. No, but now I want... I think there should totally be a a Troopers game, like, where... And you should run that, because that is totally your jam, my friend. Let's all play Contractors. Where you play... On the Death Star, and then then the Or just play... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because imagine the news stories. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, 500,000 armed forces... People mm-hmm. die yeah. in an insurgent attack yeah. on a on a imperial installation. Yeah, remember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like you that's were some fucked up shit from yeah. that perspective. True. Like, holy crap! Like, if we discovered suddenly that a hundred thousand U.S. troops were just killed, I'm serious. At, at I a think Fourth that of July be, party. I think that would be a or fascinating. <laughs> we would all be like, Ooh. game and exploration of yeah. that. Like totally flip that on its head. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Um, I played. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I played a few, a couple games at least. I played Tears and Kisses in the Rain mm-hmm. on Saturday. So we finished up. We did a, a short two story two uh, session arc of that game. Um, it was, it was really good. Um, Abria played a character who the playbook has called um, the uh, revolutionary firebrand. Um, so she kind of, I mean, it's... So is it a PBTA game? It's a PBTA game that's cyberpunk, but I always say it's got a rock and roll heart. So it's it's definitely more feels heavy. And it, mus- I mean, there's a movie, uh, a movie, a move called Open My Heart to Rock and Roll. So you can absolutely trigger a move by saying there's a specific song or something playing that means X to your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so music figures into it heavily as well as like the relationships between characters. Um, and I think the creator has done a really great job of uh, the mechanics uh, kind of supporting it being difficult in this dystopian cyberpunk world to connect with people, even though ultimately the game pushes you to want to connect with people, but you're not equipped to do that. Um, and the character or the playbook that seems the most equipped to do that is the um, the android, Renegade Replicant, which is really fascinating to me. So the Replicant ends up having more trust and more ability to connect than the other people who are equipped to live in that world. Well, that's what I always got out of Blade Runner. Exactly. Yep. He's more human than human. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to be able to watch some hours of that game. I saw you. Yeah. Your GM, as uh, he, he, I learned from him because he commits. He'll commit to a bit, and there were moments where the samurai, when he's playing uh, corporate overlords, and yep, stuff, and he drew lines in the sand, and he was able to bring in these bits to box you guys in very quickly and very cleverly. Like any corporate genius could. And I've never been good enough playing these sort of corporate sleaze bags. And he had it down. It was really good. There were a couple of times where you guys were like, uh, uh, I guess I don't have a choice. Yeah, really, no, really he good. he is he is um Colin is the jam was the jam for that game and he's also the creator of the the PBTA hack that is Tears and Kisses. 
Um, but he is really good about um, waiting to pull his punches on your failed rolls and stuff. So he's like other PBTA games. He's got fronts and he's got things working behind the scenes. But rather than, uh, you know, I think f- frequently I see at the table, not always, but that you see like that immediate like, oh, okay, you rolled a five. No, I This is what happens. Yeah. But he's got, he will advance clocks, and he will have shit go down yeah, when you're like, yeah. wait, why did that happen? I yeah. totally just rolled a 12 on this thing, and all of a sudden I'm totally painted into a corner. And but it's because of something that happened earlier. And that's important, I think, with Cyberman, because a yep. lot of this stuff, all those machinations, you know, especially when you're on a timeline with the mission, you got things happen. That stuff is important. It's like, well, you failed to do this, so therefore all of this has happened. Yeah. You don't want to punish your players. Yeah. Because I got, I got stuck in a Shadowrun game where we were punished for not knowing... Rules a bit, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it, I was impressed with also the way he was able to just sort of commit to being the baddie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and would and he came up with some wonderful lines that were just like you're like you guys are like (laughs) I just want to kill him. He was he was really just committed himself to being a douchebag. No, that's a good that's a good point because it's to me it's um, Colin runs games where he's not adversarial. I can tell he's a fan of the players, which is usually almost. You know, number one on the list of the the PBTA, like be a fan of your characters. Um, but he mm-hmm. will make choices you make real, mm-hmm. and they have consequences. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the stuff you fight for is all the more hard won and meaningful because he's not going to play softball with you. And it's mm-hmm. h- it's hard t- for me, and it's, I've been in games like this where it's hard to be a bad a bad guy playing the yeah. bad guy and not be a bad GM. Right? People think, oh, no, we're yeah. against a GM. And he was able to disconnect and make his bad guys yeah. be really bad and then drop right back in and being a fan of the players again. And it was yeah. a really cool, because he would commit to the bit yeah. and then he would step back out again and you guys hated the bad guy but you didn't hate him. No. Which I thought that's was a, a good, really... That's a, a really good, it's a good interesting balance. observation. It was, because uh, whenever you commit to being the bad guy, everybody now hates the GM. Because mm-hmm. like, you guys, you made him and now he, oh, I hate you. And you're like, no, it's... It, it, there is a balancing act, I think, and mm-hmm. he was. It, it's not that much watching for that. He does this wonderful job of popping in and out of being the bad guy and and bringing in all these threads and tying them all together, and then and then popping back out again. Okay, so what do you guys want to do? And clearly, uh, like, I want you guys to fix this. Yeah. Well, you can't watch it right now on YouTube because YouTube's yeah. having a fight with us. But you can listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah. when it's race. Okay. Yeah. In the first, or, uh, the release. first session is is up there. Yeah. So catch up on the first session. Watch the for first. Sure. Yeah, it's totally yeah. worth watching the first one. Yeah. yeah. And then I played in uh, the fifth session. I believe it was the fifth session of Carefree High, which is our Monster Hearts Two game. Nice. Um, and I know Mac and Adam tend to be kind of hard on their themselves because they tease that we're playing in real time mm-hmm. uh, because we don't advance the clock much but um, as okay. some exactly as somebody in the chat pointed out it's like the plot points in the story it continues to move mm-hmm. in a really interesting fashion so who cares if it's been one hour later or two days later um, the story is definitely moving move the mm-hmm. over because I think that the, the designers yeah. realize that some people just get bogged down in the minutia and forget to actually advance the storyline yeah and I but think you guys are doing it anyway I I think it's been really interesting and I am as a player, and we talked about this during the game and during our b- debrief, like, I I don't care if out of a three-hour game, I'm in 15 minutes play. Like, I am seriously enthralled and interested in all the storylines that are mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. but I do, I, I understand what, I think what they're 
ultimate, like, I don't want to say concern because I don't think it's a concern, but what they would like to do is get our characters to be together more Mm -hmm. because we have definitely separated for, like, four sessions now where there are mostly, for those of you listening, (laughs) there's, like, three characters that have interacted a bunch and two characters that have interacted a bunch. Mm -hmm. Shocked. High school, so clicky. Shocked. Right? Shocked. No, and that's what I thought. I was like, it actually was very cool the way that manifested itself in the first two or three sessions, but I I can tell, like, it would be... So hence, because we've formed those allegiances and those, like, established those relationships. Just clicks. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fascinating when you throw us, like, when we actually have to interact with each other. Yeah. You need a Ferris Bueller to show up, because he's a friend of the socials. Yeah. And the, and, well, and, the and for those of you who catch up, because, so listen to your first five episodes, uh, because uh, Joey is missing one, and um, Miss Abria, who, who wants to wreck some shit. Yeah. Is going to be in our next game. If anybody so. can, she can. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that's it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I mean I think that's a game that does really lend itself to like you were saying like splitting up mm-hmm. and clicks like you said stork and also I mean sex moves are a thing in that game like yeah people are going to move. I mean not all people some people are going to go into private places for things like that to happen and when courtship and yeah. flirting and that sort of stuff is such a big part of that game. <laughs> What's funny? Some people are going to go to private places for the sex move. No, seriously. It <laughs> Other was discussed in our they last don't give game. a shit. We're teenagers. <laughs> we don't freaking care. Well, some, some teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I worked Ren Fair, so yeah. I fucking know. There's like, thank you. oh, those people are fucking. Yes, they, that's, thank, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad worked, you're wearing a yeah. skirt. I was okay. a district manager at a at a bookstore chain. People had sex under the, under the fixtures. So, really? yeah. They would drink too much and then come in. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Not just in the bathrooms, but like under the big music fixtures, <laughs> like on the floor. So, yeah. That's it's amazing. It's not normal, but... I mean... It happens. I'm not going to kink shame if you're willing to risk right? being arrested no, 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 no. and do your thing. It just made yeah. me laugh. That's all. That's yeah. all. It wasn't Look a shaming you done. God. <laughs> God. I know. What'd you play? Uh, since the last time I was on the cast, I played like a hundred games. <laughs> this week, what have you played this week? This week I played L five R. Okay, on yes. Sunday. Uh, I did that too. Yeah, yeah shocking. There a couple of people here might have the same answer. Uh, which has been awesome, and it's been super fun to have Jim join us yes. because he Excellent. actually knows a lot about the world. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, but I, what I noticed about Jim joining us, though, too, because he was all about, oh, well, there's this, there's this, and eventually he started getting caught up in the whole, all, all yep. of our failures and stuff, and he's like, yeah. you're right, we should just duel them. And all of a sudden, all of his knowledge <laughs> yeah. just fell by the wayside, and he's like, yeah, this is He's much like, what. in the story. He, well, it's that, and he's, you know, because it's Stu. See, I just, I read that completely differently. Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, no, I, I felt, because he knew so much about the situation, he's like, yeah, there really are no other options but to duel him. Not all the knowledge fell by the wayside, it's like, there's literally no other acceptable way we could handle the situation without becoming ninja and dishonoring ourselves than just dueling him. It, it, cool. I think it's. I think he may have come from GMs and maybe worlds, and I'm, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Jim, but it's just sort of an observation that where things were much more black and white. There was a bad guy because he had skulls on his outfit, and that's the guy he went and dueled and fought. And but Stu doesn't run games like that. Stu yes, runs games that are well. I mean, this one is because it's like a shadow-tainted weapon. It's pretty much as evil as you can get in Rokugan. Yeah, but the only reason <laughs> we have a, the only reason we have a definitive bad guy, yeah, is because we're not able to just confront a definitive bad guy. Right. Like if we were in a game where it could be like, you guys are on a mission. It's D and D. You have to go kill this samurai guy. Right. 
because he has an evil sword. Yeah. We'd all be like, all right, let's go do it. Oh, yeah. But we're in this position where we're like, well, we can't rock the boat too much. We just got to kind of... But that's 100% the yeah. L5R world. Yeah. Like, well, that I think is like how it's all set I think up. that's why Stu was telling that story. Yeah. Is because he wants to see yeah. us squirm under the, the code of Bushido. Yeah. To try and figure out, like, what can we do here? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of our. I mean, at least that was when we did the very first campaign ages ago, years past, back when we were young. Um, in the time before face mics. Yes, <laughs> long ago. When we were in a oh, yeah. tiny, tiny room tiny with room. two giant men. Two and giant a men. Slightly not as giant man in height, but more giant in width. And sitting Tyler. in the clothes racks. Yeah, in the clothes racks. <laughs> what did you guys so, feel? Those of you looking at me right now, yeah. directly behind me yeah. is a tiny room. It's a, <laughs> it's a sound booth. It's a, the recording booth where we recorded the original L5R. Yeah. And it was Stu on one end of the table, Stork and Tyler on the long sides of the table because they're 18 feet tall. Yeah. And me on the other end, literally between Renfair costumes hanging on a rack. <laughs> I would just like to say yeah. we played Sturmgeist in that room. Yeah, we did with uh, like five, five players yeah, yeah. in a jam. They took so out the yeah. Renfair costume, so no, no, they were there. <laughs> still, they were that still there. They're sound spot. dampening. They're yeah. they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of the acoustics. Yeah. Can I ask how did how but, did you guys oh. feel starting up again? I know it's been a couple sessions now, but like in your, in I just wanted to say the yeah, thing. Please. Was, yeah, please. Sorry, oh. back long to before time before we got distracted by describing the sound booth. I, I think one of my favorite things that I made me fall in love with L5R so much is, like we've described it a bunch of times, it's a party of paladins. Like, we all have to follow that code. We're not allowed to be murder hobo- hobos. I mean, we can, but there's, like, very real consequences in the world if we do. It's not just, hey, if people find out. It's like, no, there's really, like, consequences. Yeah. So I think that's one of the the built-in things if you're doing L5R right is that, yeah, if you're playing samurai... That's a thing. You can't just like mur- murder hobo your way through. You can't just go kill the guy with the evil. I mean, we could try, but there's going to be, you know, we'll probably be murder or be executed. Our clan will be in dishonor. Wars will start. Like, there's so many things that'll snowball because of that action. Um, I don't know. I think that's one of the coolest. It, like, it's all like the spider web that's kind of like. And, and every tied samurai together. movie I've ever seen has that exact same questions that go on. Whether yeah. it's Seven Samurai, you know, and their overarching exactly. good deed is that they're saving this village, mm-hmm. or even Last Samurai, where these guys are rebels, but they still are adhering to the law of Bushido because their leader isn't. So it's a whole. That's, that's always the thing. That law is always there, and it is yeah. guiding you. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Gina. No, no, no. I was just curious about if you felt differently. Uh, about the story or the characters when you started in the old system again? I feel like I understand the world better, and I understand the system better, and I understand um, what I'm supposed to own my place in it better than I did when we did the original game. Because I kind of like to go into these things blind with no preconceived mm-hmm. because I think sometimes more interesting characters happen if you just if you read all the lore, then you're just going to follow lockstep what, what's already done. Mm-hmm. Now having played them, what, four times? Have a better understanding yeah. of what's expected and stuff, but I don't know if it's a. It's just different. I don't okay. know if it's better. How did you feel with the change between the yeah. final Fantasy Flight version and yeah. this one, though? Uh, it's just a relief to get back into something. Oh, really? Understand better. <laughs> yeah. Now. Okay. See, I and I actually yeah. feel, as a character, I feel way more powerful. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Because okay. so much of the magic system in the the mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight thing is not as fleshed out. Because it's a beta, I get it. Okay. 
this one has a very specific list of abilities and things you can do with your magic and all that stuff. It makes it... I know a lot of people rail against the Vancean magic system, but as a character, it really helps define what choices you can make with your magic. Yeah. When you're confronted with, uh, you have magic powers, use them. Yeah. You're like, what's the limit on what I can do with my magic? Like, is it yeah. cool for me to make a brick wall? Is it cool for me to yeah. summon fire spirits to help me? What what What's the limit on that? And a lot of times in the Fantasy Flight game, a lot of the magic just came down to me going, can I do this too? And he would be like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Interesting. That kind of a thing. But now that I sort of have a defined list of abilities... I feel much more concrete in my uh, ability to fight something. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. As a Bushido, it's sort of been the same. Like, I, I really like the stripe mechanic, and I really do love the dice for the uh, Fantasy Flight games. Like, I, I, I like that mechanic. I hate buying the dice. It makes me angry that yeah. I have to spend money every time. Yeah. But I, I like the concept of it, and I like kind of the way it can encourage role-playing sometimes. But yeah, I feel like 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 the dueling was just such a clusterfuck. <laughs> Man, was it. <laughs> it was so bad. And since that's like the main function of my character is kind of like, yeah, this may be still a little more complex than it should be, but at least I know what's happening. Well, literally uh-huh. with Stork and I both with the book open to yeah. rules and we're both like, okay, now you do this. Oh, oh no, you're supposed wait. to do this part. Oh, but wait, do this. There's a moment here that you have to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's a lot still broken in the game, but I also just, I, I don't like the dice myself. I find them yeah. to be a lot of, there's a lot of like, all right, I got a, I got a couple of. What happens? And I don't know. And everybody sort of talks about it. And I, I get it. It's supposed to be role playing, but it, sometimes you just want to roll dice and go. I hit it. What? Here's the damage. Yeah. What does he, What does he do? Do what? Do I? Mm-hmm. Is he weakened? Uh, sometimes that's it, that's all you really want. Maybe. I think uh, I had a leg up on that because I played the Edge of the Empire a bunch. Yeah. Mm. So like I'd already played a couple campaigns mm-hmm. where I used them a ton. So looking at them, it was really super easy for me to kind of like translate yeah. it in my head. So. It probably takes more than five sessions to really start to become comfortable with something like that. Sometimes there's so many options, too. I mean, even Stu was like, all right, you roll a perception roll. Okay, uh, i got to come up with three other things you guys might have observed about this. And mm-hmm. there's really... Uh, and I, I, Sometimes it overcomplicates what can be a simple thing. I, it, my impression of that, because, uh, like Kimmy said, mine is just based on the, the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. It would be if you play with a GM who is super comfortable yeah. with those flourishes on the dice rolls, mm-hmm. it would be awesome. Yeah. But that otherwise it becomes cumbersome because you're like, oh, great, I got five laurel leaf head things. Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? I won five awards yeah. at can. Yeah. yeah. Now what do <laughs> what I do? What does this yeah. mean? Yeah. I got five TIE Fighter windows. <laughs> okay. I succeeded um, and I got five TIE Fighter windows. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. It, it does promote creativity, I guess, but sometimes, yeah. too, it can be cumbersome because now everybody's trying to think, oh, it's like, because oftentimes, too, would talk, you know, all right, so what happens? I don't know. You got all these. What do you want to have happen? I don't know. I want to hit him. All right, so you hit him and uh, <laughs> I, I hit him hard. Yeah, and... Uh, I don't know. Uh, now I got to think mm-hmm. about this. It can be interesting. Uh, that's a really, really okay. Don't don't break down that specific <laughs> example. It's a really, really simple example. But it's sometimes that system promoted a lot more complications than I really ever wanted out of a scene. Well, I think also. I mean, that's also coming it from from it being a beta. Like yeah. there was a lot yeah. of drama with that, and I think like Edge of the Empire, like there are parts of it that are more complicated than I prefer in a system, but the 
dice mechanic is once you, once it it settles out, it's super. It's it's pretty. Yeah, clear. it's okay. It's doable. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I haven't played the Genesis. Kava, 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 Kava get the Kava. It's been a long time. It makes me wonder, though. It's kind of an interesting conversation for a different, a different podcast, probably. But um, it, it's like the Mutant Year Zero system that mm. gets applied to Tales from the Loop mm-hmm. and Coriolis <laughs> and uh, Gen Lab Alpha, and it's like in all of those games, maybe to greater or lesser effect, uh, where it's like it's really, really good in Mutant Year Zero, and this is these are the. F- uh, Freya Ligon Free League games. Yeah, the skin um, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I think it's decent in Tales from the Loop, but like I, maybe I l- maybe less so in Coriolis. Even though mm. Coriolis is a fu- fucking fantastic book with mm-hmm. an amazing fleshed out world, but yeah. just like does the mechanic. That was actually a, a problem for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because. We'd be playing L5R on Sundays, and then Monday night I'd come back to do oh. to run the Tales from the Loop game. Yeah, and I, I like Tales from the Loop really Tales comes down to just elegance. Yeah, like I let me put it this way: in that game, I have never had to look in the book for rules. High five! Never once, as a GM, I've mm-hmm. never had to look in the book to figure out a rule. Literally, everything I need. Is on the three sheet GM screen. Nice, yeah. And it it makes it so simple to to tell someone like, oh, okay, well, you want to go fast, body and move. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. You want to figure out something that's research based, you know, uh, comprehend. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like it, it's yeah. really easy to get into that. And then it has the mechanic of extra successes equal extra cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of that is right there on the GM screen, and it's so simple to to understand that now, having run, I don't know, 10 sessions, mm-hmm. yeah. I, don't, I hardly even look at the GM screen because it's just easy to know, like, oh, okay, cool, this, here you go. Here's the unexpected thing you find. Here's mm-hmm. something random because you got an extra success. Yeah. And it's so easy. That That's awesome. It's then, a great game, too. You're doing such a good job with then it. Then, when we go back to that L5R in the Fantasy Flight yeah. beta, I would just be like, like, really working hard to try and figure out what what even dice would I roll in this situation? Right. Right? Interesting. That's yeah. the part that I had a hard time with. Like, It was so easy in the Tales That's from the Loop stuff to be like, Cool, you're trying to go fast. I know what to have you roll. You're trying to uh-huh. hide. I know what yeah. you're gonna roll. And then in the other game, it was like, oh, let me hold on. <laughs> what ser- what what type of spin am I gonna try and put on this action to make it fall within the things I'm good at? Mm-hmm. Like it was difficult. Yeah, absolutely. But oh. we're back yeah. in 4th yeah. edition and we're liking it. So. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. No, it sounds awesome. We get to roll all the and details. And I feel it and I get it. I love it the details. Unfortunately, it's not supported anymore. So if you want to buy books, go do it. There's a run. They're running out. <laughs> well, you buy the PDFs. The PDFs. Yeah. yeah, you can get PDFs. You print them up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, cool. Thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. Super great games. Um, we have a bunch coming up this week, too. So check it out. Happyjacks.org slash schedule. Yeah, and on Monday. See. 
It's Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday. And I Wednesday. remember that like two hours ago. Yeah, Maybe what? two. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. All the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just Is there anything going on this week? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's stuff on Sunday. On Sunday, they're playing Blood, Blade, and Tusk. Our first session. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mister. <laughs> and then Monday, oh, yeah. Tales from nice. the Loop. The next Wednesday, we have Gene X, which oh. is being read by Jib, and that's awesome. our first play session because yeah. we just did character I saw creation. that on the schedule. I didn't know what it was. So, yeah, so cool. that's super cool. And that's in Cortex Prime, which has actually just been kickstarted. Yeah. It's not like for public consumption. Everybody yeah. can get it yet. So, it's very, it's a cool system. I'm excited about it. Ahead of the curve. And supers. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it. And I have to practice my Irish accent. Oh, no. Nice. But the nice thing about an Irish accent is you start at the top, and the longer the sentence is, the longer you go, don't you know? Turkeys. Yeah, exactly. As long as you, you have your like your your phrase, which is Jesus Mary and Joseph, yeah, then you could say it's like that, and then every time you get upset about something, you just say that thing again, Jesus Mary and Joseph, and it gets you back in the accent. Yeah. Was it your character in Spanish uh, Spaniards Ghost was Irish? You sort did, of. You did a good job. I did okay. That's whale, what I was like. whale oil beef. Whale oil beef <laughs> hooked. Oh, I'm always tired. Whale and oil beef hooked. Well, oil be fucked. Oh, well, oil be fucked. Well done, Dave. Well done. <laughs> oh, just that's don't be the only Irish bit I can do. Yeah. that's it. Well, I didn't well, want to be Russian well. again. That's the only accent I have. So Hello. I'm like, what's the one other Hello. one that I kind of have? I have like forty percent of an Irish accent. That's awesome. Which is one of the things I love about the Netflix series Glow. Is uh, oh, yeah. what's her face doing the Russian? Yes. Uh, what I haven't seen glow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I almost wore my glow shirt today, name? and I didn't. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, that. but I yeah, don't know what you she mean. does the Russian accent like you do the Russian yeah. accent, yeah. and it's hilarious to me. In Soviet Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> oh my god, I love that show. Okay. I know. So good. I All right. would have liked to see Montana. Yes. Mother <laughs> Russia. Mother Russia. I just love how she wrestles the girl who's like a foot taller than her. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, she's so yeah. tiny. Yeah. Oh, she kills it though. It's amazing. All right, first email. Okay. Enjoying the show from wow. Blake in Australia. What's the first one? Who's up? I already read, so somebody else. There's okay, Stork. This Stork. is Blake Ryan from Australia. There you go. Enjoying the show. Recording episode of Come on, the way. Games. You can have new adventures that are spawned from old ones. Uh, for example, if uh, you can have new adventures that are spawned from old ones. Yes. For example... If the PCs clear out a, cleared out a goblin lair, goblins, 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 they're all goblins. baby eaters. What moved in there created a different problem. Also, who were the goblins working for? Did they send more powerful groups against the heroes? In either scenario, they have their end of game resolution, but their actions have ongoing effects. Regarding odd expectations for newer players, do you want to do we want to talk about that? That's kind of we kind of covered some of that already. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't kind we finish of. the email right. and then we'll talk about? Okay. It. Regarding yeah. odd expectations for newer players. Game masters often point to TV shows and movies for character concepts or locations. But the downside is most media characters are 5th to 10th level in terms of capability. Okay, that's a broad statement, but okay. Resources I get that. and yeah, more context. Too. Well, yeah, because they're not very good yet. Yeah. Uh, or they're better than average. I'll read that again just in, because. Uh, are 5th to 10th level in terms of ca- uh, capability, resources, and or context. Uh, you can point out that the game is the character in Season 1 or Movie 1, not in Season 5 or Avengers Assemble. Also, long character creation for traditional games uh, where they wait between I want to play and OK game starts can be frustrating. This can be overcome for newer players that are partially filled up or with partially filled up pregens 
and filling out some details slash backstory in session two or three. Very glad there are these uh, other gamers out there who honestly want to help others enjoy gaming. Yay! Happy gaming all. Powered by the apocalypse all the way! Yeah. Woo! Woo! That is interesting because I think... Yeah. I mean... We're lucky with our group because I feel like more of the time we try and do the opposite. We're like, oh, this this is an idea that's been done in this movie. I don't want to do that idea. I want to do something different. But I think that for a lot of newer players, a lot of newer players are like, oh, I love this guy in this movie, and I want to make something like that with a... He's, his name in the movie is Steve, so I'm going to call him Stan, and he's going to be a barbarian just like in the movie. And I'll, I don't know. I made a lot of Aragorns. Yeah. I, I really did. You well, made a lot of Aragorns. You are, you are yeah. not alone. Still made... It's yeah. okay. <laughs> He's a great character. I'm okay yeah. with this. Uh, it kind of sometimes you just you just go with what you know. You go with what, especially early on, you want to go with what you want to play. The story that you wanted to hear. It's like I always want to know more about Aragorn. Yeah. Like what he was doing for all those years. Mm-hmm. Not, and I want the young Aragorn. I don't want necessarily the you know. Yeah. But the good point is the Aragorn you picture mm-hmm. is more advanced than. The character yeah. you would be able to exactly. create at level one in D and D. So is, that is the crime of the point. Yes. So sometimes, and like I know this, but I will sit down, especially I don't know, like a system like Savage Worlds, maybe mm-hmm. or D and D, and I want to create that character that's more like, yeah, an advanced character. But you can't create that character. Like you have to think about. I always try to think about Buffy. Yeah. And the first, you know, the evolution of those yeah. characters throughout the season. So like. Willow in season one, uh, even Buffy in season one is not Buffy in season four. No, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean, we've talked about uh, the Dresden Files a lot with this. Yeah. <laughs> like Dresden yeah. in like the first book, and Dresden later on, like totally different. You've got the power creep that happens, yeah. and I think, I think it's okay to have new players come in with this concept that they adore and that they want to recreate because I think that's an important part of role playing games. Yeah. And I think just like having that conversation with them about, hey, let's be a little bit realistic. You will be Aragorn in, or Aragorn, not Aragorn, in, you know, probably, you know, X number of sessions. But for now, you're going to have to be like young Aragorn, who's just got the hots for Arwen and isn't brave enough to say anything and hasn't really done anything. And, but you're super handsome. <laughs> you can shoot a bow and you speak Elvish. You got that going for you, yeah. so that's something. Whole, the, you know, the whole weight of your entire lineage on your shoulders and you have no ability to do anything. Congratulations. Like, yeah. But you can't tell anybody who you are. No, yeah. I mean, is that a problem, do you think? Yeah. No. I think... No, it's less so it now than it used to be, I think. I think the easiest shared cultural experience that most of us have nowadays mm-hmm. is... Film and television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So making a character that's based off something you've seen before absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're gonna make a guy that just happens to be like a <coughs> villager, you're gonna make season one Breaking Bad Walter White. You're not gonna make super badass yeah. season five Walter White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not he who knocks. You're a dude that has cancer. Yeah. Like. You are board chemistry teacher. Yeah, you're, you're going to be desperate for better insurance yes. chemistry teacher, and it, that's a cool story. Like, I get it. Same thing. You're going to make farm boy Luke back to Star Wars. You're oh not going to yeah. make Return of the Jedi badass Luke that's yeah. cool enough walking in unarmed to Jabba's palace. Yes. Yeah, like 
I I think I'd like to use video games actually because that's that yeah. now perme- permeates the world, mm-hmm. unlike it was when we maybe first uh-huh. started. There, it, there's kind of two genres. Like it's like it, it's not a first-person shooter where you can basically start out all powerful and then you gather stuff as you go. This is more like a survival RPG, like Fallout or something, where you start off like with a suit and water, mm-hmm. and now you got to build yourself up from there. And that's yeah. kind of the way. These RPGs that we play are set up, and not everybody goes into them expecting that. They come in like, mm-hmm. "I've got a bitch and sword, and I want to kill things." Mm-hmm. Well, okay, this isn't this isn't a first person shooter. This isn't Doom. You don't yeah. get to do that. What you do is you get a sword, but you have you're not very good at it yet. It's like, well, why do I want to play this then? Yeah. Well, I think I think go and ahead. like my oh sorry, go ahead. Did you have something you were saying? I, I oh, do. No, but I can I'll wait. wait for you. Oh, yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I think there's a whole generation uh, who've now started playing. Our tabletop RPGs like me who played video games first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that concept of leveling up a character, I knew that, that story. Sense. Yeah, I knew all about that. So I think it may be something that's a little less hard than it used to be, unless people like have no no frame of reference well, like that. Some games don't have leveling up a character though. No, I no, I know, I agree. Uh, and you're right. Has some yeah, form everything has yeah. some form because even the first-person shooters, like you were saying, you get more resources if you're in. Co- you know, if you're doing a competition, there's different levels of competition as you build up your skills and stuff like that. You get your better items and your loot boxes, yeah. your loot yeah. boxes that are better. Mm-hmm. Stuff. So there's 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 some level of you ha- you get better in game mechanically, not just your skills yourself playing. Um, so I don't know. I think. I mean, it's still a problem. I mean, it's interesting that that still exists because I've sat down at the table with people I know who know video games, who know how these things go, yeah. who've leveled people in WoW from 1 to, like, 100, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is how you level things. But then they do sit down, and they're like, what do you mean, I, what do you mean I'm not amazing? It's like... I, well. I think, too, it depends on the story... Why should get. I be scared of that rat? Yeah. The story you're going to tell or the story you expected to tell. Right. And I think you have to make that clear in the beginning because you... Uh, something you were saying, Dave, reminded me of, yeah, if you start... If you're going to play a funnel game uh, or you're going to play, like, uh, Dungeon Crawl, Crawl Classics and you're playing uh, level zero char- characters or Mutant Crawl Classics... And I expect my characters to kind of be if they survive, they're fucking lucky. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. fact, in mutant crawl classics, there's a there's a, a stat called luck. But um, if if I expect that, then that's cool. But if I expect like the story we're telling to be more epic in nature, then I'm maybe going to be a little bit bummed out that I can't do the things I want to do. I mean, we've talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. Yeah. But. What I wanted to say is, yeah. Let me let me bring it down <laughs> for the kids. When you make a first level RPG character, you're that Fortnite character just jumping off the bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. You have some kind of a pickaxe. Maybe you paid some money to be part of this game, and you have a cool looking pickaxe. Maybe you subscribe to. Amazon Prime so you got a bunch of free stuff that makes you look cool but you're not going to be that dude that plays Fortnite 24 hours a day (laughs) you're not going to be that streamer that makes $300,000 a year playing Fortnite you're going to be a dude that lands and (laughs) scrambles around looking for a grey shotgun to try and survive for two minutes $300,000 a year playing Fortnite way more than that that was a conservative estimate yeah, they but make ridiculous yeah. amounts of money. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, if you're one of those people that makes $300,000 a year playing Fortnite and you're watching this, 
give us some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my point. No, no. no my point, point is, you start <coughs> and you're a basic equipped person with a pickaxe. Yeah. And if you land in an advantageous spot and you get a purple assault rifle, awesome. You've made a cool character. But you're still not going to be the guy that has a bunch of gold weapons and yeah. a, a chug jug to survive the end of the game. Right away. That's not going to be you yeah. until you play through and find that stuff. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And I, I'm playing Conan Exiles right now, which is not really an mm. MMO. It's really nice. more of a survival game. Yeah, yeah. Where you mm-hmm. have to get stuff, and then the game is constantly knocking you down. There's uh, mm-hmm. purges that happen and attacks, and stuff rots and falls apart. So sure. you're constantly upgrading. The point is that people are giving me hints oh, and stuff and I'm like I'm not I don't want to rush to the end mm-hmm. this is about the journey and I mean I don't want to get to the end game as fast as I can this mm-hmm. is about finding it out on my own and discovering and, and it is that journey I, I find that much more interesting exploring mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and figuring out you know where does this door go and oh my god what is that thing and what's yeah. its weaknesses I find that much more interesting than if you go and tell me yeah. or if I go online and find the, the quickest way to get through that dungeon that's not that's not interesting yeah it's Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's interesting, but that's why that's one of the things that I'm that really interests me about Stu's Blood Blade and Tusk setting is that it is quasi historical in nature. So there is, you know, it's it's middle Middle Ages Europe with the introduction of a fantasy element, which is orcs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that we we aren't starting with extra points or anything like that, right? Nope. I like so we are. We are extra in some area, in some regard, and that yeah. is going to be our... Extra. Yeah, right? We're extra. We are extra just because we're... <laughs> I don't know. No. We yeah. I, think, I, think, I think that Carefree High is the extra game. Right? Like, it is extra. It is extra. And part of Stu's philosophy is that if you're chosen as an adventurer, you're better than the average bear anyway. Yeah, in yeah. some regard. Yeah. So yeah. You're, whether you're a tracker or you right. can shoot... You know, you're a bowman or you're whatever. But, but you're not... That no, much better, yeah. You're not. You might be one of the best hunters in the village, and that will put you on the track of adventure. But you're not. Yeah. But you're not the greatest hunter that ever lived. Yeah, right. and it's not a it's not hard hard uh, assets sort of tracking, but it is to some extent. So there is like there's a bunch of real world elements uh, to that setting that I find fascinating with kind of regular people. Plus, mm-hmm. like the people you would expect to find traveling or adventuring, so it's like they are of some expertise in some area. But right, uh, I, I just that's kind of fascinating. But we know that going into that game, yeah. so we know we're not, you know, fighting. And it gives us some things to go. Or, we have things to go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Or, or like the Dead Rain game. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? I was thinking about that. Nobody too. wants to play. Joe Schmo, the subway guy that gets turned into the giant. Horrible zombie monster. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right. You're all talented in some way. That's why you're part of the story that we're yeah. trying to tell. Yeah. And Joe Schmo's in like three of three or four of the other five areas. Right. But there's one area that's why we're alive. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, whether you you're a scrounger be, or uh You yeah. don't want to be the lady that that doesn't listen to the radio and finds a zombie child in your house no. the next yeah. morning. Yeah. Like you, that's not what you want. That's not you want to be the one that gets to the mall and has a chance to survive. Right. Exactly. Lord of the Winchester Arms. That's a good example right. of a game too, because that that was actually a really fun game. But we weren't playing. We were good at a thing, but we were kind of pretty normal. 
Yeah, everybody yeah. was kind of normalish. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Shaun, Shaun of the Dead. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. Like he's just he's, yeah. he's you know he's an average Joe. And the, the, my favorite scene is he goes he storms across and the the zombie apocalypse is happening and he's so wrapped up in his world he doesn't even notice. <laughs> There's cars crashing, p- babies being eaten, and he's like, oh, he's God, worried about the girlfriend. Right? That has yeah. A new boyfriend. And he just, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's. That's that's the one movie that I think about every time you talked about the uh, feel the rock move. Yeah, yeah. Tears and kisses. Yep. Is the don't stop me now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Having a good time. Like that's the the only thing I think about. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. No, that's the best. It's a great movie. And yes, it is. Simon Pegg is total geek cred. Mm -hmm. I think he's Uh even a gamer. All right, moving Who's on. Next? The next one's long, so you guys are going to split it, right? Yeah. Do we yeah. want to go paragraph, you paragraph, go first? like? Uh, oh, do we yeah. want to bounce back and forth? Let's bounce it back and like forth. That's what Bria and I did last week. Yeah, right. it looks like there's a long. really clear like delineation yeah. point in the middle, though. Yeah, that's true. You want to do that? Why don't, yeah. Why don't sure. one of you start it, and then when it gets to the list, you. somebody else write it. Just feel. Do you want the first or the second? I am good with either. At some point, you guys are going to have to Rochambeau this. All right. He flipped a cork. Okay, I did, and, on and the it side, meant so nothing. It's Go for it. Hey there, all hail Happy Jacks. Hey there, it's Eric from New Jersey writing in again. I listened to episode twenty one twenty of your podcast and wanted to chime in on LARPs for Kimmy and other LARP curious people. Uh, my qualifications for talking about this hobby are basically. That I have played and run LARPs for over 20 years. Whoa. Right? Uh, over 20 years now, and I would like to think I'm a decent LARP GM, uh, ever learning new things to try and improve my game. Your podcast has helped out immensely in reminding me uh, things like create problems, not solutions, and pursuing, oh, create problems, not solutions. And pursuing things that players find interesting. Yes, and. My take on this has always been, go where the players take you as long as it's an interesting story. Anyway, LARPs, like tabletop RPGs, come in various shapes and sizes. I've played anything from a Malkavian vampire who thought he was a Jedi Knight to the Neo-American god of fads. Tad Fabulous. Tad Fabulous. Flippin' awesome name. Uh, Not only are there an insane amount of genres out there, but even styles of play can differ under the same type of genre. You can have a theater-style LARP and may not even have a combat resolution mechanic, uh, all the way to buffer LARPs, where if you hit a person with a safety-approved weapon, the other person takes some sort of damage. Some LARPs have social mechanics, others rely on the players to themselves uh, to resolve their social complex. Um, Some LARPs use cards as mechanics or rock, paper, scissors or the aforementioned buffer buffer weapons and beanbags. Some LARPs allow you to be the greatest swordsman without even having an ounce of combat ability. Other LARPs, it's a good idea to take some lessons off the more experienced fighters how to fight. While there are people who play to get the loot, many of the players I have encountered do so for the immersive factor a LARP can provide. Like a tabletop game, it can take a little bit to really find character's voice, but when you do, oh, it's better than any tabletop experience I have ever had, and I have played in some immersive tabletop games. 
Another advantage is that if you are playing something that sorts out combat in real time, like a boffer larp, combat definitely does not stop the role playing. You can feel your heart racing as you madly scramble backwards, emptying a shotgun <coughs> into a hound of, is it tin, Tindalos? Tindalos. Swipe left. Charging you. There are moments out there. There are moments you are so totally immersed that emotions can well up within you. It's a lot of fun. Thanks now, for explaining that, Dave. Those thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I still didn't get it, but I had to make the joke and I had to explain it because it makes it funnier. Yeah. It doesn't make it funnier That's when you explain a joke. So much funnier. So now going to your first lap. Here is some advice I can give you. No. It's your turn. (coughs) Number one. Try going to a LARP where you know people already. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I know you've had people on the show who have LARPed before. If they are GMs, GMA, great. uh, Because that will have a unique perspective of the world and can tell you how to make characters that will fit in. That's true. If they're GMs, that makes sense. (coughs) A.K.A. Everyone Likes and Trusts Worshipper of the Great God Mitch. (laughs) Uh, If you know other players, see if you can get in with them so that you start with some connections already. All hail Mitch. All hail Mitch. Right? (laughs) It's totally true. Damn, Mitch! (laughs) Everyone. Shit. Uh, In-game. A.K.A. Everyone Meet My Cousin Ventar. He wants to see the kind of life I live. I want to play Ventar. Welcome, Ventar. Yeah. Hi, Ventar. How are you? Hey, Ventar. <laughs> I totally named no, it. It's like an Ventar. AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ventar. I want to see what LARPing's about. Uh, it's been 30, 30 days since I've hired a fizz. I haven't LARPed ever before, <laughs> but this is my first meeting. Hi, Hi Ventar. Ventar. I used to be like Ventar and watched from afar, and now I. Yeah. I'm. We're. See, we're yeah. already poking yeah. fun of Lorian, yeah. and that's not what this is about. No, I'm I not poking fun of no, Lorian. No, I'm not. I'm loving... It's, it's funny. Yeah, Ventar is very you get evocative it. You for get it. Yep. Uh, go as a group. Instead of being the poor, lonely fighter who knows very few people and sits alone in the corner, go as a bardic troop, or a new mercenary guild, or anything else you might desire. First, you get to roleplay <laughs> off of each other, and who better to roleplay with than friends? Agree. Just like I don't play online games with fucking randos. Right? Yeah. Pick because up for the, I don't yeah. give a shit about them. I like playing games with my friends. Pugs are the worst. Second, it gives the group a little more clout than a single person. As long as you share information with each other, you may find out multiple plot hooks. That makes entire sense to me. Number three. No, it wasn't a burp. Number three. If you see plot hook, by all means, take it. That's 100% true. <laughs> Larp or not... Video game or not. If you sit down at a con game with a person that's trying to run a game for you... Especially if the name is Dave. And you just leave shit on the floor <laughs> because it was presented in a way that you didn't like or whatever, that's the plot. I'll pick it up and run with it. <laughs> you, you're playing WoW. You don't run by the people with with the question marks on their head yeah, and then go click on the people that don't have one. If you see an exclamation point, fucking talk to that guy. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not bitter. Uh, <laughs> play characters with goals in mind. There will be downtime and role play it. It's always good to have goals to keep you active. 
When I first started LARPing, it was a buffer HP Lovecraft game set in the 1920s. Nice. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it was Prohibition, I decided to play a guy who twitched constantly unless he had a few drinks of alcohol. Uh, this eventually led to him being an ordained minister uh, so he could carry alcohol <laughs> on him. Ironic, but true. Working. Which makes I see entire how that works. Sense to me, which led to some hilarity when a reunion of Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders said a minister had to bless... The silver loaded up in their cannon Betsy to fi- with w- to fight the werewolf. It all started by having a guy who stayed active wanting to find booze. Nice. That's amazing. Exactly. Uh, don't worry about screwing up as a new person. Most people are kind and will do their best to help you if a rule confuses you or if you forget something important. One time a group of us went into a game as NPC Desert Warriors. Problem was, the PCs in town didn't believe who we were and asked us our god's name. No one could remember for the life of them that Sandrian was our god. After a very quiet, um, we're kind of new and should know that moment, one of the PCs asked, Is your god's name Sandrian? Our lights lit, our eyes lit up, and we yelled a resounding, Yes! Uh, that was good enough for the PCs to know we were telling the truth because they took mercy on the new player. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because 99% of the time, people you end up playing games with that are already invested in the game want other people to play and have yep. a good time so that they can keep playing the game. If you end up at a game with people that are a bunch of dicks, that don't let you make a mistake once in a while, that throw you to the wolves <laughs> for the tiniest little breach of story because you're a new guy, find a different game. Yeah. Number six, don't hoard information. (laughs) I can't look at the camera hard enough to make this important. If you repeat information... Did you write this? No, I didn't. (laughs) If you repeat information that you learned and keep people informed, you will be an invaluable person to many of the people there. I feel like that's what I'd fail at. If the GM gives you some kind of clue... Don't be a douchebag and shove it in your codpiece. <laughs> Nobody's going to look there to find it. Ever. Or the magic bag of holding. Or Unless you're playing Monster Hunter. Is that what they call it now? Then they look yeah. in your codpiece. I had to enchant my codpiece to the bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Hey, there careful, it is. careful, careful, careful. You hit your mic. I did. I hit my mic because I've been drinking Mickey's and champagne all night, and right? it's a bad day. And I think the Mickey's is stronger. It is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope this email had some use to it. LARP's, LARP has allowed me to learn a lot about tabletop GMing and also vice versa. Uh, may you get a shot at LARP's you want to play. Just like tabletop, they are games with rules, so do not fear them. Until next time, Eric, a.k.a. Eric from New Jersey, on the forum. All right. Thank you. That's a great... Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good introduction to all RPGs, not just LARPs. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Eric from New Jersey. I can't... I don't do it. New Jersey. There's a, there's a thing about actors, and I, th- I think it's also true with players. It's like uh, a lot of actors talk about being generous, a generous actor. A generous actor is somebody who, who sometimes will leave moments for you, or they're giving their all to you. They're like they're in tears, they're invested, which just brings out you know, like, oh my god, they're crying because I'm being mean, and it just makes you more mean, it makes you more invested in the scene. And I think with LARPing and with with playing in general, if you are a generous player, other players will respond in kind to you. If you are helpful, if you are uh, 
useful if you are, or even if you're not useful, if you are, if you come up with something that can endear yourself to the other players, uh, it's going to make everybody's life easier and much more fun, especially with LARPing, because it, there's so much less stuff that you can talk about out of character, so I, mm-hmm. I think. It's really much more of a, you know, we have a limited time, we need to get this done kind of thing tonight stuff. Yeah. As opposed to gaming where you, we, we spend hours sometimes just talking, talking. about what mm-hmm. it is we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. Maybe you do that in LARPs, I don't know. No, maybe. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I think that's everything. So we're all good. Uh, anyone have any last I statements before we log off for the evening? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to share? Yes. Do you have stuff? I can think. Uh, I totally forgot to say, and I knew I played three games, and I was like, I can't remember. But I played a game online, my first game I ever played online. Oh, nice. And I had some technical difficulties. Yay! But thank you to everyone who helped me. Um, and Tomes ran a game of Misspent Youth, which was uh, fantastic. No, it was just it was for Gauntlet Games, okay. which is mm-hmm. awesome. But I got to play with another Happy Jacker, uh, Heavy Metal Jess. Oh, nice! And I mean, just she finally got to meet her. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to play with Tomes before, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and he's a fantastic GM, and he likes a lot of new games and new systems like I do, but uh, Jess was fantastic. And I got to play with a woman who is in New Zealand uh, named Lauren and a guy who was uh, somewhere in the eastern part of the United States, and so played with, you know, totally cool. That's super cool. Yeah, cool. and it was fantastic and a lot of fun, and nice. I hope to do it a bunch more. Yeah, um, it's, it's fun. It's interesting to do because yeah. you get, like, there's... Like you, got, I mean, you've got to coordinate time zones and all those things. Yeah. But when you play, I mean, after you get into the 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 vibe of it, it's not it's not that much different from playing at the table. Uh uh-uh. uh mm. No, I think you're a little more conscious of uh, you know, spotlight time and talking when you unmute your mic and stuff because yeah. it can get probably chaotic. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it was very fluid yeah. and not you know not odd or uncomfortable at all. Yeah, it was super easy. So it was well, nice. When we first started this podcast, uh, I mean, playing online was, uh, we couldn't fathom that. It seemed so weird. And yeah. now with the advent yeah. of like, online hard. games, yeah. like, like when we first started, the first online game was EQ, where everything was text-based. You had to type really fast. It actually taught me to type really well, yeah, but that's all really? you could do. And then they got mics, and then they got video. And so everything has progressed, and it's the same thing now with online role-playing games. It's like, it's now you just, you sit down, everybody's got a little box, and it's just like you're sitting at a table. Yeah. You know, and we're so used to our computers now that it really isn't that big of a deal. More than it used to be, even seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Absolutely, yeah. I remember when we we started the podcast like nine years ago now. Yeah, like Skype was a thing, Jeez. but it was still kind of like that clunky. Skype only did one and one. Yeah, you yeah. can only do it one and one. Groups. Yeah, yep. did not do groups. Yeah. And now there's so many things like Discord does group stuff, and Hangouts is now defunct. Yeah. But for a while, that was like the big go-to. We actually used Hangouts. Yeah, a yeah. lot mm-hmm. we did. Um, and I ran games for for JackerCon on yeah. Hangouts. Just and this stuff last like week we did. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And all of us are so but much more used to. No, we and uh, Mook. That's how he plays our monthly game is through oh. Hangouts. But I don't know. Maybe it's. I mean, it doesn't have dice rolling mm-hmm. mechanics and stuff, so you have to use a separate tab for. Hangouts mm-hmm. is still a thing, yeah. but it's not a Supported service or? anymore. Okay. No. Oh, got it. Okay, that makes sense. And I was going to say, I mean, all of us are so much more used to dealing, doing FaceTime on a computer mm-hmm. than, than we ever used to. You know, we're now used to talking to clients, talking to friends, talking to multiple people. That True. It's, it's so much easier than it ever used to be. People know what to wait. People yeah. know uh, the connections are faster. Uh, there's yeah. the, all of that stuff has been sorted, and it's 
pretty nifty. It's almost as good as playing at the table. Yeah. Just just no snacks. Or yeah, you can't share your beer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's yeah. better though. That's the thing that's the hardest for me when I'm sitting at a table is like I want to keep moving, so mm-hmm. it's like where's the food in front of my face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's totally Go ahead, Dave. I kind of walked on you. What did we no, say? no, I was going to say, like, that's one of the things I love about Tomes yeah. as, a, as a player and a GM is that he's the dude in the pith helmet that dives into the darkest continent to he find is. random games, and then he comes back to our comfortable, leather-clad, yep. cigar-smoke-filled club yep. and talks about, like, I found this amazing thing in the wilderness, and you should all try it. And we try it, and we're all like... That is amazing. Shit, no, I know. Awesome. It's like I, yeah. I buy those things and I read them and I put them on a shelf and I wish I can play them. And then there are those people that are like, "I'm fucking running this game." Yeah, yeah I haven't read the whole. I've read it, but I, you know, I only <coughs> skimmed through this part. But I'm just gonna freaking run this game. Yeah. And I'm like, that is like heroic, you said, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And we're. Awesome. I, I was just gonna say, a week from Saturday, we're gonna play um, Cthulhu Dark. On Shattercon. Okay. So it's it's. Um, what, what system is that? I mean, like, um, it's, it's not Cthulhu Light. It's Cthulhu no, Dark. No, it's it's actually a so not this weekend too. Yeah, not Don't this weekend. Confused. Not tomorrow. <laughs> next Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a more streamlined sort of Cthulhu uh, system that tells like serious Lovecraftian tales what, of horror and what what, uh, what Press. Okay. Uh, who is uh, Gumshoe okay. and Knight's Black Agents right. and mm-hmm. well, Gumshoe and yeah, um, cool. and I believe that's, that's awesome. a guy named Graham Walmsley is the I think that's the name yeah. of the scenario we're going to run. Uh, Fabulous, love, love the yeah. Gumshoe, yeah, and yeah. Bubble Gumshoe. I Pelgrim Press has some really good stuff. Yeah, I'm a fan. So, all right, I think yeah. that's a wrap. <laughs> Alright, no, 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 I'm just trying to make sure I know which one is the one to go down. Uh, Thank you for joining us for Season 22, Episode 6. My name is Kimmy. My name is Gina. I'm Kimmy. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Yes, we're all tired. Um, and make sure that you join us for the upcoming APs. Go to happyjacks.org slash schedule yeah. and do the thing. Thank you guys so much. Bye. 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 We'll see you in hell.